how did you like the Hellfire Club being shown in this? I feel like that's the first time they had been shown in like the nineties, especially Celine. Yeah, I like the Celine design. I thought she was cute. And I like her. I like you her. liked her bob, um, but it was flipped up under the. Like, it was flipped <laughs> completely. It was folded completely under. Completely. Okay, don't get it twisted. It was folded. Um, no, yeah, that was cute. She was cute. I like Leland. The Hellfire Club was like, I don't like. I do that all the time. I'm like, not right now. I'm not standing up right now. It it tells you to stand up in the most inconvenient situations. It's like, I can't do that right now. My legs hurt and I'm tired. You'll do I'm like, sometimes I put my arm up above my head and that'll work. That's a hack. Oh, I know that was a hack. (laughs) Appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Another Relaunch. I am Norn Rad Silver Surfer. Oh, I am a true noble hero, Jack Hart. Jack of Hearts. Oh. There's, there's a reason okay. I'm that. We're going to talk about it later. It's very special and kind of sad, actually. Oh, no. Okay. I have no idea what's been going on with him. <laughs> I don't keep up with him. I like his powers, though. I do like his powers. I do think his suit is obnoxious. I'm sorry. He doesn't wear the suit right now anymore. He lost his powers, actually. Oh. Yeah, that's what's been, been going through it. Yeah, but he loves it. He's like, oh, okay, good. It's been a really good time. Oh, that's good. That's good. How are you? Um, I'm doing better. I'm alive. I was sick early. You might still hear it a little bit. In my um, voice is a little congested still. I had the flu, and okay. it had me down and out, and it was bad. I'm not gonna lie to you. I was like. I thought I wasn't going to make it at certain points. And I'm a different person. I'm really irritable when I'm sick. And it's kind of frustrating because I can't be that way. You know, friends and family, they're trying to be very supportive. Are you okay? Do you need anything? Do you want to bring you soup? I hate soup. Stop offering it to me. I don't want to eat it. I can't move. I can't You hate soup? I I hate soup. I hate soup. Why? I've never it's liked soup. it. Like, and it, it's so frustrating that when you are sick, it's the only thing that you can eat. Because obviously you don't have like an appetite for anything super big. And a lot of other things you might try. You won't sit down or settle the way you want. So it's like, oh, here's your soup. Get some chicken noodle soup. Get this broth. Get this black. I don't want it. I want a Chipotle burrito. And I can't have that. Mm, that does sound good. Exactly. So that was that. But you know. Other than that, everyone was very nice, you know, just checking on me and seeing how I was going. But again, I was very irritable. So, like, while I'm in the message, I'm like, I'm fine. You know, I got my medicine. I got this. I got my Pedialyte. All this stuff in my head. I'm like, if y'all don't stop talking to me, trust me, I have not changed in the last three hours. I'm still dead. But we got into it. Well, happy new year to you. (laughs) I hope we, I hope we, you get this out, you know, right now. Leave it all in 2020. It's, yeah. It's, 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 we're getting the sickness <laughs> and the evil, it's all going out the way. We're going to go into the new year very happy. Period. That's what we like to hear. Um, How are you? I've, I'm good. I've just been, you know, same old, same old, working, <laughs> trying to survive. <laughs> another day, another dollar. 
Another day, another dollar. Um, all right, y'all. So getting into the updates this week, we didn't have anything going on too much here. Um, no rumors or anything like that going around. Um, I thought about having a rumor report. Maybe we should start going that into the new year. You know, mm-hmm. let us know if you guys like hearing yeah, about, um, you know, MCU rumors, you know, hearing about spoilers. You know, I keep my ear to the comic book streets, but you I do. try not. You got some connections on the love. We don't talk about them. <laughs> you, got, you got your ear to the streets, babe. Keep my ear to the streets. Um, you know, so we could bring up some some rumors and talk about that kind of stuff, do some speculation. I know that can be fun for people. So let us know. Um, but nothing this week. So let's go ahead and take a break and then we'll come right back. Okay. All right, hello, hello, welcome, welcome back to the comic section of the show. And you know, this was the last comic pool of 2022. It was kind of sad, but we went out on a really big high note. We had a lot of good books that came out. I know I had a lot of good books that came out this week. Well, I don't know. You remember how we've been talking about it's been kind of light the last few weeks? I guess everybody just waited mm-hmm. for this last week to bring it on. But I was very pleased. Yeah. Um, I'll go through a couple of the hot shots I had. Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings, number six. That was the finale of this miniseries that came out. I have really immensely enjoyed it and highly recommend it to everybody. He finally won the championship of all the rings, so he is the master of the Ten Rings, which will be the next series that starts in January, number one. Be sure to pick that up. Um, She-Hulk, number nine, also came out this week. That was a very sad issue. There were some things with Jack of Hearts that happened. I won't spoil them just yet, but... I cried a little bit. It was still a good issue. Captain America, uh, Symbol of Truth number eight was out. That continues on the trend of Sam fighting White Wolf. We're gearing up and getting ready to go into the Cold War event, which is going to tie in with the Captain America Sentinel of Liberty books with Steve, which is also really, really good if anybody's been reading that uh, or not reading it. I recommend checking it out. Dark Web number two continued that event that's going on. The X-Men were fighting Maddie. It was a nice little issue for Jean and Maddie to kind of like start talking some stuff out. Jean slapped her at the end of it. So, oh, good for yeah, her. that's I know, right? I was like, come on, girl. She was like, I'm tired of playing this game with you. She slaps her. The issue ended, so we're going to see where that leads next week. And then Moon Knight number 18 came out and it had Hunter's Moon, Mark, and Tigrone still around. She did. This is girl. She gonna be around. She's apparently <laughs> around for a long haul. It looks like she is here. They were like fighting <laughs> together for one of the battles. They actually looked cute. Um, the art was great, but you know, lots of hot things that happened. Uh, oh, and we'll go ahead and get into the main books of the week. And we'll start out with one. Oh, I didn't even know this came out. Time was number one. I thought this already happened. See, you see how you said that? I think they did that on purpose. Because there was a timeless number one already, and that came out like a few months ago, or like earlier this year, or like sometime last year. Um, And this is also called timeless number one. I think they did that on purpose so that you can say, I think that already happened. This is about time. (laughs) 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 At least that's what I'm trying to give them props if that's the marketing. It may not have been. I may have invented that for you. I will accept the check (laughs) if if that is it. but yes, this is a timeless number one, and this was by Jen McKay and Greg Land, uh, Jay Leaston, Pat Zercher, and Salvador LaRocca were on art. And this was similar to the previous uh, timeless issue, where again, we are seeing King the Conqueror 
and again going out conquering and he is looking for something called the like missing moment and supposedly there's going to be this moment in time where when you find it it'll teach you it'll take you on the path to like the greatest treasure in the world um and kang finds this alien um species this like really smart guy who knew all about it he ends up telling kang like oh you want to know what the prize is i'll tell you and he whispered in his ear we don't know what it is and he was like i told you because you'll never know where the missing moment is because i don't know (laughs) and um i want you to know what the prize is because it's never going to be for you you don't deserve it and of course kang kills him and uh conquers that planet (laughs) king king um so he's going through trying to figure out like i need to find what this missing moment is he ends up getting attacked by someone called mirden which i guess is like merlin from he like me like the, maybe the original merlin i don't know because uh he ends up having this like court of round i thought maybe you might know something about this because it's giving captain britain um i mean it's, but, like, i mean that's own like round table in this in- okay maybe this is a different so, one because so it's called like, Mirden. But so the thing is, when she killed him, she was like, I know you're not going to stay dead. I know you're going to find a way to come back, but I'm going to kill you now anyway. So this might be his comeback. Okay. Uh, um, that well, no, because Kang, Kang, Kang says that he met the real Merlin. Like, he knows the real one. So he's like, you're not even comparing to, like, the real one. This is just some version of him through i don't know through time or something i, I don't know they looked cool he's got a whole like round table they look cool there's this one girl called um lancelot which i thought was really cool this mordred the witch it's like black lady and she's like looks really cool um yeah they were really cool and they are basically sent out to take out kang because their leader was like no he cannot figure out how to get to the um the moment in time kang pretty much takes out all of them is hold the whole round table one by one as they try to attack him and has of course his ray parte as he does where he's reading everybody while he's taking them out being really snarky um they, but then of course he gets taken down by this like basilisk guy i think that's how you pronounce his name but he's got this like nanite armor that ends up taking over king's armor king has to go into like no space to heal himself after mordred like attacked him okay. this is the witch lady which I thought was really cool. Um, yeah, it's a really fun issue. Uh, Kang, again, and he's, like, being attacked while he's going after the moment in time. He ultimately ends up being killed um, by, or kind of killed, because he uses time to, like, heal himself. Y'all know how time travel works. It's no, It can be a lot. Because it but very often. while... Throughout this issue, while Kang is jumping through time, we get flashes of what is obviously going to be what's coming to the Marvel Universe. Previously, Mm -hmm. in the last Timeless number one, we saw Judgment Day and the Reckoning War and all these other things that were mentioned and done throughout the Marvel Universe. Um, And here we see a bunch of different things, like something is happening to the X-Men's treehouse, like it's on fire. So um, that that might be followed. That might be Fall of X. Uh, there are a bunch of different things throughout time that we kind of see throughout here that makes you kind of wonder what is going on in the Marvel Universe to come. Um, but it does end with the quest for the missing moment continues in 2023 in the Avengers, which makes me feel like mm. Jen McKay might be writing Avengers, which I would love. 
I would love that. That would be hot. Oh, Jeb McKay yeah. wrote this. You did say that. Yeah, um, I might go back and get it. Then. Did he yeah, also write other time? Really good. Yes, he did. This That's why I picked I it up. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Kang is like the only time travel character I ever really like. He's he's kind of goaded. Yeah, he's yeah, I'm really kind of excited to see him. So, was there anything like super exciting that jumped out for you and the stuff that you would see for the Marvel Universe future? Um, it was interesting to see the uh, treehouse burning. Um, let me see what else I had seen in this that was kind of cool. Um, I mean, that's kind of, I shouldn't have said that it was cool to see the tree house burning. <laughs> <laughs> that's not, that's not cool. Um, but we did see Bishop's work college in here. Um, Period. Uh, um, something with, there's this 777, which I assume is actually Mary Jane getting her jackpot powers. Um, oh, oh Spider-Man fans are not going to like that. Yeah. There's also like there was also a carnage, but he was mixed with it looked like a symbiote and he was on fire. I don't know. You know, I don't know nothing about them symbiotes. You know they got one named Bedlam. Yes. I think I did know that. Either way, Doom ends up like putting himself into this no space where he has to heal himself because he gets attacked. Um, and there's this person who's like, oh, good, I've got Doom at, out of the way. He's on this chessboard. He's like, I'm going to make sure I get all of them out of the way. And it's these pieces of, like, some of my favorite villains, like Doom and Ultron. So someone is playing some master game. So and we'll we see who. find out. This feels like Jen McKay is going to bring it all together. Yeah. Okay. I respect that. You know I'm a Jen McKay fan. I think he's great. Um, what would you rate this issue? Honestly, I give the issue a four out of five. The writing was fantastic, and I actually didn't mind the land art in here. He didn't use too. There weren't too many women, so he couldn't use say, the like he, the foreign if faces. If he doesn't have a lot of women, it's it's fine. It's fine. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, next up on the list is John Stewart Emerald Knight number one. I didn't know he had a book coming out. Yeah, so this is the one shot that pretty much wraps up the previous Green Lantern run by Jeff Thorne, um, oh. which I did. I read before tapping into this. I wanted to see this issue because it was like an extended issue, and I wanted it's John Stewart. Y'all know that's my favorite superhero, um, and I wanted to see what was gonna what was going up with him and this whole Emerald Knight thing, and I actually ended up liking the issue. I didn't think it was that bad. Um, okay. I think some of the choices in it that were used to kind of move the story along were a little like eyebrow raising where it's like, what? (laughs) Whatever. But I guess we can kind of move forward. Again, it feels as though, at least this one shot feels like Thorne was not only wrapping up his run, but kind of showcasing what he would have wanted to do with John in the future. So for those who are wondering, and I think people should go back and maybe read it. It's only 12 issues. It wasn't too bad. The Thorn run had John and the other Green Lanterns on Oa because Oa had been accepted into the United Planets. If anyone remembers when we talked about in Action Comics, um, Superman had just started getting the United uh, Planets together. And of course, I, I really do enjoy that that like ramification was explored further in other books, the cosmic book where you would expect something like that too continue mm-hmm. to be talked about and oa 
was accepted in. So instead of them being Green Lanterns and being like space cops where they were patrolling, now it's an actual planet. And they decommissioned like 1,200 Green Lanterns in those spaces where, because they're now a part of the United Planets, Mm -hmm. those sectors that now have planets in them from the UP, you can't be a Green Lantern there now. They have their own like police force or whatever they were doing Mm -hmm. there. Um, So now they kind of restructured the Green Lanterns where they are kind of more like peacekeepers or like Jedi kind of, where they just kind of work for the planet and are kind of superheroes that way so that would kind of leave them in a flux things were going weird long story short the of course the same day that they get accepted the uh central main battery explodes and all the green lanterns lose their rings people are dying out in space um john long story short like ascended (laughs) and became like um kind of like his next level of his evolution as a person, kind of what he says, and this is what he's meant to be. He previously ascended before, um, back when he was a Green Lantern, after the whole Zanshi thing happened, he um, like kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Redeemed himself from that, and he ended up becoming a guardian. He was like the first human in Green Lantern to ever like ascend to become like a guardian. Like those, the guardians are the little wee people. Uh, for those who don't know that um and yeah and thorn in this one shot is basically saying that that was always what he was meant to do was kind of ascend and become like energy or become something more than a green lantern and this kind of shows what he would have done with that and that is john as the emerald knight where he has his own powers he's like got this god storm ability um and to wrap this all up he basically had their this random like uh, new god named Isak who really wanted to revive all the old gods who like we knew like Light Ray and all of them. I don't know what happened to all of them, but they, I guess they all died. And he wanted to revive all of them and like bring everybody back. There was another new god who said, you know, no, we need to like move on. We have there are new gods now. Like now we're the old gods. Um, and the Isak was not having it, so he was like using something called hypertime which was introduced and explained in this <laughs> one shot which i guess is like you know there is the main universe and branches off of universes but sometimes mm-hmm. those branches like loop back in because something happened that may have altered the timeline but something else happened that kind of brings it back to the main branch and this okay. east side guy i know it's confusing this east side guy was like using those hypertime things to like harness all of these like angels and like use their energy to create this celestial. And of course, John Stewart was not having that. He ended up destroying the celestial, but that like made him ascend even more. Okay. And keep going. And it's interesting too, because in the previous green lantern issue before this one shot, when he does ascend, he meets the source. And um, as people know, the source in the DC universe is like where all of creation like comes from. And when he meets the source, it's Jack Kirby. <laughs> it's oh. uh, uh, like, yeah, I thought it was cool. But he didn't say he called me Jack Kirby. Yeah. But it's literally like an energy being that looks just like him, which I thought was really cool um, and a nice homage to him. Um, 
But in this story, John now has these powers. He creates his own Emerald Guard, and he defeats Isak. He, like, magically or, like, I don't know, comic mumbo-jumbo used his uh, abilities to ascend Isak and made him the god of nostalgia and was like, you know, since you won't let things go now, you are the new god of nostalgia. And uh, John ended up like using hypertime himself and split into two. And you basically got to see what Jeff Thorne wanted to do with John Stewart had he probably got to have more issues with this run because John would have become the Emerald Knight have his own Emerald Guard and done that whole thing while the other John Stewart went back and became a Green Lantern, even though he still has his God Storm powers. Um, so allegedly there was that announced, but then I, they kind of backtracked it because they said the artist wasn't there. But there's mm-hmm. the new Green Lantern John Stewart series coming from Philip Kennedy Johnson. Um, and I'm wondering if it's going to be him like with the ring again or if it's going to be him with these like Godstorm abilities and the Godstorm powers, he's basically a lantern without a ring. He can do all the same stuff. Um, okay. He can um, like sense energy, do that kind of stuff too. So then there are two John Stewart's currently in continuity right now. Basically, yes. But okay. the John Stewart, who is the Emerald Knight, exists off in something called the Dark Sector, which is this like area of space which is branched off from everything else like you can't really get there that's not i know it's very decent (laughs) it's a little confusing and it was like and again it felt like he kind of was wrapping up a lot of what he wanted to do or where he at least wanted to kind of take the character and was like this is what i would have done and how i would have ended this story but here's the john stewart so that anyone can Obviously, keep him and use him going forward. Put him back with the Green Lanterns. All right, that's different. Did you like it? Yeah, okay. I liked it. I he ended up actually one of the things he did in this was while he had these Godstorm powers, he brought back Zanshi. Well, Isak used Zanshi because I guess multiple worlds, like there's like seven of them who are crux worlds within the DC universe, and Earth is one of them. Um, That's why there are so many lanterns there. That's why Earth has so many superheroes because it's like a crux world. And crux worlds are worlds where like if all seven of them get destroyed, something happens to the universe or something. And of course, to add insult to his past, Zanshi was supposed to be one of them. Um, Mm. (laughs) So Jon Stewart, of course, hurt the universe that way and he brought it back here. So hopefully we never got to talk about that again. I was about to say, because I know him blowing up that plane has been like a very big pain point in his career as a comic hero. So I'm glad that kind of finally got fixed. Isn't it really nice when you get like a full circle moment of a comic uh, storyline that's been going on for years, like decades? Yes. And it's like, oh, wow, we can finally close this loop now. (laughs) (laughs) He brought it back. um, And even in this, the Godstorm. The, John Stewart, the Emerald Knight, he is often the like the dark sector with this new Zanshi, and allegedly his wife is there. So it's like, oh, I think Thorn wanted to give him the happy ending of bringing Zanshi back and bringing his wife back and doing that. that. Okay, well, what would you rate it? I would give this issue honestly a three point five out of five, maybe like a three point eight. Um, That's high for you and Thorn. Okay, I know. 
it was wild. I was reading this like, oh, this isn't that bad. Okay. <laughs> like this, okay. I think it was because he wasn't really trying to be corny with a lot of the language that was being used here. They were out in space. Mm-hmm. But again, some of the choices were very like convenient and yeah. a little too cosmic-y for me and my taste. And But ultimately, I think the results of it all were great. John has powers now. He's basically a his own lantern without a ring, which is something I've always wanted him to be. So I'm interested to see what he's going to do now going okay. back. I think he's going to be just the green lantern because mm-hmm. he don't have a ring. Mm. He can't get another name? I think people, I would want him to get another name, but people just like being him as green lantern. So That's true. They gonna see it. It might, he might, it might be like one of those kind of um, situations. Emma Frost, Jean Grey, he could just be John Stewart. Yeah, yeah. So, that works. All right. Well, next up on our list is Action Comics number ten fifty. This was a big special issue, so I had a couple of people on it. Uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson, Tom Taylor, Joshua Williamson were all writing with Mike Perkins, Clayton Henry, and Nick Dragada doing some of the art. And as we know, Clark is about well, not Clark and. But Superman Corner in general is about to go into like this big renaissance. He's about to have a few books out. Williamson is going to write Superman. I think Tom Taylor's going to do. You said renaissance. I also said check my tech. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Let's <laughs> okay, do the John book and then Kennedy staying on Action Comics, and we just got a little bit of taste of all the stuff that's coming. I thought this issue was really well done. It starts out we have um, at the end of the last issue we saw Lex Luthor kidnap Manchester Black. And they've got them strapped up in this big machine, amplifying his telepathic abilities over the entire world. And we see like this big energy blast going around. It's not affecting anybody in the Kent household, of course. They're looking for Superman because they're about to have dinner. They can't find him. John uses his powers. I will also say this is probably the first time I've like liked John. Since I've been reading him in all the other books, when he saw, oh, mm-hmm. dad saving this damn out there, he's like, can I actually go and help him? And she was like, yeah, go ahead. And so that was a cute moment. When they it get was. back, Perry White's at the house. And he's, he's, giving, kinda... he's giving a little bit, though, like, my man, my man, my man, because this man is n- never, like, <laughs> too far next, away. always by himself. Yeah, he's he always is. by himself. He is, <laughs> but you know what? Good for him. Get it where you live, honey. And, um, you know, once all the supers come back, they run into Perry White, who's at the house. He seems kind of confused about, like, why John's boyfriend is there, why Superman's there. We start seeing him, like, having a very visceral reaction. He's, like, getting sick. His nose is bleeding. It looks like he's dying. They rush him off to a hospital. Of course, Superman's like, what's going on? He's like, this, like, signal goes off, and he knows it's coming from one spot. And I just got to say real quick, this is where we switched over to some of the Nick Dragata pages. Him doing Superman... I'm very much into that. Like the whole thing of him trying to, uh, taking off his suit into his costume, flying up to Lex, meeting him, Lex just posture when he showed up. I thought that was all well done. Lex is an amazing supervillain and a very nasty man. I thought it was hilarious when Superman first got there. He's like, if it isn't everybody's favorite immigrant, that is not something you should say <laughs> to a person nasty. in their life. Okay. And I just want that to be said. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, you know, he lets Clark know, I had Manchester Black. We did this thing. We made everybody forget your identity as Clark Kent as Superman. If you tell anybody, they'll start to die. Lex is like, you're lucky I let you keep your family. Your son was questionable. This sets Clark off. They start fighting. <laughs> <laughs> Lex is like, I know Clark you're not going like... to do <laughs> Lex was like, no, nah, what you're not going to do is talk about my son. <laughs> um, 
as they, you know, start fighting, Alexa's telling him, I know you're not going to do anything to, like, really hurt me, but I'll hurt whoever. He's, like, kicking stuff. Clark punches him out into the moon, and they start fighting on the moon, which was cool. However, as they were fighting, because Clark was knocking him pretty hard into the surface, and I was like, now what if the moon breaks? This is the problem with superheroes. You can't just be doing stuff like that. The moon is just an asteroid. You can get another moon. I don't think that's how that's going to work. The moon starts breaking apart and falling into the sky. I don't think it's going to be that simple. But nonetheless, the fight was like really cool. Um, Clark is kind of starting to beat up on Lex a little bit. and He's telling him that you're not going to use me. You're going to not threaten me anymore. And Lex is like, whatever. He uses a portal to send Clark away. He thinks he's won. I don't know. Clark does something and he pops right back up a few seconds later. <laughs> and he tells... No, no. I didn't like this part. This part I was like, relax, Superman. Like, it, was like, it was like a lot. He you're like, too powerful. Another portal and he tells Lex, and he's like, I'm not who I was. I've got new abilities. I am stronger. I can move at these distances that you cannot even comprehend, these speeds that you cannot even imagine. You can't stop me. He, like, touches Lex, and the armor is destroyed. And Lex is like, hold on, don't kill me. And like, <laughs> like, Lex Lex like, I was just He's like, whoa, what's going on now? Um, Clark takes him down. Um, I will say, though, I really do appreciate um, just... The attitude, and I've said it before, the attitude that they've given Clark is that, yes, he's this nice Boy Scout guy, but he's not scared of you. And he will beat you up if you need him to. And he knows that you're like someone who can actually handle it. He's going to do it. He's going to stand up to you. And I thought that was really cool. Um, We get to find out that, you know, this has affected everybody. Nobody remembers that uh, Clark is Superman or John is the other Superman. Only the League knows, his family knows, the other close people to them. And Clark is like, I'm okay with that. I don't know how John's going to react. John is like out in town. Nobody knows who he is. He seems to be having the time of his He's life. He's loving it. He's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm they spell his name wrong on his Starbucks. Um, you know, yeah. and the gays love a coffee child. <laughs> and nice coffee. For that brand. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought like the issue was like really, really well done. We see a lot of the things that are coming up next. Uh, Lex is obviously in prison, very upset. We've got something going on there and just where the stories are going forward to. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm still not 100% if I'm going to follow all of the Superman stories, but all the things that Kennedy is doing over here in Action Comics, I'm here for it. Absolutely. Um, I don't even know how to really answer that other than the beginning of the story when Manchester Black told Lex Luthor, do you want to know what Superman thinks about you while I was with him? Like in his final hour when he was beaten down and thinking about, he said nothing. <laughs> All you do is spend millions about him and he never thinks about you. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> like they were, they were getting nasty with each other. This is my kind of comic book. I appreciate this a lot. But Absolutely. I'm excited. It's, I just, I don't think it's anything that bad that I'm ever going to get to say about action comics. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Five out of five for me. Yeah, for sure. All the artists killed it, um, but especially Dragada. Like, I've never seen him. I've never imagined him doing a Superman book, but after these few pages, I would to- definitely read something with him in it. Mm-hmm. And last up on the list is Wonder Woman Historian number three, and that comes from Kelly Sue DeConnick and Nicola Scott. And Wow. It's like every time. Every time the, the we've had a Wonder Woman Historia 
you would read off the title and then there's a silence because <laughs> we are left speechless again. I don't know. It was just, it was so much going on. I don't know what this is perfect. And it was so much going on and just the way that Kelly has built this world of the Amazon and like, uh, you know, obviously we're building off history that has existed in DC before and like we're taking some things as an adaptation of it but the way she does it in this way it just feels good it it's feels canon new. to me it feels Sorry. fresh it feels canon like Diana was made from the stands on the beach of the clay when the goddesses came down and gave her life and you know I thought especially was poignant when Hippolyta I mean was messing with the gods and meeting with the gods excuse me and she's trying to like fight for the amazon's right to live and they're talking about oh we can do this and we'll give this person jurisdiction over them for like a night and artemis is like i should get them for this time and hippolytus is like we're people you can't just do this and they're like yes we can yes we can and, <laughs> and, day, and that's all it is <laughs> And I thought it was especially heartbreaking at the point where they're resurrecting all the Amazons and they're talking about, oh, you know, here we go. We are rebirthed and revived. No consent. No insight into what we want. Locked on this island forever. Betrayed by our queens. And I was like, ooh. Mm. I was like, this is drama. It is. It I, is. I would, I would it read a was... hundred more. A hundred more. Absolutely. 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 I love everything about it. Just I had never thought of Themyscira as kind of a cage for these very like glorious women than it being like a paradise island, you know. Um, and I've seen people who were very big fans of um, Themyscira not really want it to be like called Paradise Island or vice versa. I have to check that out for, to be for sure. But I think they didn't want it to be called Paradise Island. They didn't want it to actually be like a a place and this makes me feel like yeah because it is technically not really a paradise they weren't supposed to like be there <laughs> they're being yeah. watched by the gods because they were they dared to be women and they, 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 they live. dared to live they dared to have freedom and they were like no and like even like beyond them just the uh, stuff that kelly does with the gods and everything I'm so into it. When Zeus and Hera were going back and forth, first of all, I'm sorry to Hera. She got to stab Zeus. At some point, it's like, it's not working no more. The games, just get to the rut. Pick up your knife. When he hit her? Oh my gosh. Like, oh, he got to go. The page. And they kept where the black eye? And Ares was like, oh, father is mad. And it just uh, zoomed up on the eye. She was like, yes, I'm aware. I was like, ooh. This ooh. is good. This is good. <laughs> it was good. It was cool. awesome. It was so good. It was intense. It was drama. Kelly like was in her bag in this. <laughs> the writing has been top tier every single issue. She clear. I Surely. would read a series about just her gods of Olympus. I would read a series about her Amazons. And she even made it in a way that it could continue. You know, obviously we saw that the gods got, the uh, Amazons got locked on Themyscira. But before they all died, there was a few of them that Hippolyta was like, get out of here go free, go like be alive somewhere else. And I think that's a nice way to lead into how they've mentioned there are other tribes of Amazons, the Esquisitas, Yara, and all those other people and how they got oh, found yeah. in the expanded of it. She was thinking. She, she's she was thinking. She's a writer. I love it. Mm. Five out of five. I'd give it a 10 out of five if I could. I think the I art, am. <laughs> the, art, 
The art on everyone has been banging. This one is especially good. Um, Scott is a master at expression. Every time we got a close-up on somebody's face, the way she just did the designs, everybody looked good. It was great. You I love Paula's pain when they were in war, like when her sister was dying. Like, yes, and even when she was sculpting uh, Diana out of clay and her just like this yearning. Oh, man, I don't know. You really felt it. You were sad. You were like, my girl. And then again, you read lines like, oh, the Amazons think they were betrayed by her. Like, no, that's not what happened. It kind of is, but it's not what happened. Now, why can't we? And I also love when they cleared Hercules in the beginning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. Fun. And I like when um, yeah. Zeus handed Hera his head. She was like, oh, this is the one you named after me. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. She's like the little bastard you named after me. <laughs> um, I also the colors were fantastic. It's, cool. it's a I, don't, cool. I don't really know what else to say. It's it's truly perfect. It's I only thing I will say is why can't we have more of this? And why can't the main like books be like this? Why is this always stuff in like one shots or? I feel like a lot of times, and this is just me personally, and this is not like to slight her because I know how the girls like to be, um, but I think a lot of Wonder Woman content we get has always focused solely on Diana. And while we get a little bit of the Amazons, it's more so in relation to like Diana and how she views the Amazons or how they see her. I think in a lot of other things, we started to get more of it recently with Yara, Nubia, Historia. They're really starting to do more of an expansion on the entire group and who those women are as individuals and really build that world up. Whereas before, we just saw them every now and again. I think they're trying because they're realizing Diana can't carry it on her own. Mm. And she shouldn't have to. I'm going to wake it up right now, and I think that while Action Comics has been fantastic for Superman, um, Detective Comics has also been great for Batman and the Bat Family. They need to go ahead and bring back Sensation Comics and have that be like the Wonder Woman, Wonder Mm -hmm. Fam book. And that's the thing. I think even they do try and do some Sensation Comics every now and again, but again, it's always just more Diana. Yeah, no. (laughs) <laughs> we gotta have this be a a rotating family kind of thing. Oh, we clearly see that works. Look up action comics and detective Look comics. The Child of the Amazons was a hit. Mm. Girls and girls. <laughs> I, mean, I think I think that they should bring something like that back for Wonder Woman for Diana. She should. I agree. Well, not necessarily for Diana, but like for the other people. But you know, for the Amazons, that's what I meant. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. They got me. They got me thinking like that. See? (laughs) See? That's how it is. That's how it gets you. But Historia, great. Go get it. Perfect. Enjoy it. Those are the books of the week. Yes. Let's move over to the AR Club of the week. And this week we finished up uh, Wolverine and the X-Men as well as we watched the first episode of Justice League Unlimited. Now, tapping into one, I'm sorry, Wolverine and the X-Men. Um, we had issue, I'm sorry, episode, I think it was 22? Right, no, 20, I'm sorry, 23. 23, and this was Shades of Grey, and this was the Obviously, from the title, you can tell that Jean's back. And um, in this episode, Jean is woken up. She is, like, starting to remember who she is. Her nurse is being nasty and is, like, told the MRD to come get her. (laughs) As soon as she found out she was a mutant, she was like, oh, get her out of here. 
<laughs> like as soon as she found out. Um, it was wild. And Emma uses Cerebro to locate her and they find Jean there. Um, Emma and Scott go to the hospital to try to get Jean to come back, but Archangel comes and attacks them. <laughs> They're like driving all out <laughs> in this van, which I thought so was crazy. <laughs> it was like so crazy watching them like struggle to fight against Archangel. I was like, please be serious. <laughs> right. And um, they end up losing because Archangel Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what really got me. It was like after all that they lost and it was like not even just some quick. It was like no real bad loss. Like the car blew up and everything. What's going yeah. on? Yeah, they got a whole like real fight and lost to Archangel. <laughs> so... <laughs> Archangel takes Scott and Jean and brings them to Mr. Sinister because he wants to take their genetic codes. And he's like, you know, your mutant DNA can unlock something so powerful, like the most powerful thing in the world. And um, before they can get rid of Jean and Scott, after he's gotten the um, genetic code from them, the X-Men arrive to come and try to save the day. By the end of it, Emma ends up double crossing the X-Men for the Hellfire Club. Um so they could take um Jean unconscious. Now Jean, I mean Emma like shows up and everybody like passes out and it pans over to Jean. You make makes you think, oh is it was it Jean because her powers are coming back? And no it was Emma because uh she's a nasty lady. She is and she was a villain the whole time. And Meanwhile, Mr. Sinister <laughs> gives the <laughs> Gene and Scott's DNA to his master, Apocalypse. King. Yes. Do you like Apocalypse kind of being like the overhead big daddy bad for a lot of people? Yes. Like who they all kind of answer to. It always seems like in most adaptations, he's like the the one behind the shadows, or at least that's whenever the story they give him. Whenever they, whenever, they try, whenever they try to introduce him, that's what they do. Like he is. He's, he's the final boss. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That is exactly how she should feel. Yeah, I agree. And that's cool. Um, how did you like the Hellfire Club being shown in this? I feel like that's the first time they had been it shown was, in like the nineties, especially Celine. Right? Yeah. Don't Celine you like her? I like, like the Celine. I like the Celine design. I thought she was cute. And I like her. I like. You her. liked her bob, um, but it was flipped up under the. Like it was flipped <laughs> completely. It was folded completely under. Completely. Okay, don't get it twisted. It was folded. Um, no, yeah, that was cute. She was cute. I like Leland. The Hair Fire Club was like, eh. I don't like. We'll we'll get into that more in the next episode. Yeah. Okay, so next episode was a Foresight. Now, this is a three-parter where they're wrapping up the end of this. And it's basically like their Phoenix story uh, coming together as long with their Hellfire story. Um, Wolverine had figured out that Emma was involved in all of this. He puts her in the cell. Um, and, of course, she gets freed by who? Cyclops, because he <laughs> wants her to help him find Jean. Now, this makes Emma look like such a loser, because he is still thinking about this girl <laughs> to your face. Like, <laughs> you I are, mean, like, running after him. That's how their relationship is. That's, that's wild to me. Well, um... Long story short, we end up finding out that the Hellfire Club has known about the Phoenix Force for a long time and that um, they knew that it had possessed Jean and they wanted to take it out of her. And like Emma wanted to get rid of it, but obviously the Hellfire Club had other plans for it. Um, meanwhile, 
Magneto is hatching his own plan to have the human race attack him. He replaced Senator, Sel- Senator Kelly with Mystique um, and told he had Senator Kelly or Mystique Kelly tell them to attack Genosha with the Sentinels mm-hmm. that they had. And they were like, you know, we don't have any because you asked us to decommission it. But right. he was like, I don't care. Make more. Do it. <laughs> Go find them. And um, Professor Xavier gets taken by Sentinels because they have, and they have replicated Cerebro, and they want him to find all the mutants. Um, this is getting interesting um, because as as we move on, this episode was all right. I thought it was in, more interesting in the next episode when, um, I think it was the next episode, when they talk more about the Phoenix Force. How did you feel about the Phoenix Force not being like a cosmic entity and just being something that like, is always reborn within telepaths. So that's what I was actually going to talk about um, just a second ago. I don't like that backstory at all. Like that whole Hellfire connection and how they talked about it and it was like this entity. I don't know. And we already know how I feel about the Phoenix. So I'm going to knock that out the window. But I do think that when it comes to the Phoenix saga and just that story in general, there is something really unique about it being more the thing for Jean that she bonds with and makes the sacrifice to take to save the team and like get the rising out of the water moment and all of that good stuff. I think the way that it's kind of handled here is a little strange and it does fall into that issue that I think a lot of comic book fans, especially Jean fans have with the Phoenix and how they feel as though it is this thing that can just be passed around from person to person. Um, even if it is have this chosen thing, it just takes away that uniqueness. Um, so I wasn't really into that. I think I do prefer the spaceness of it all. Some Jean fans are uh, of the mind that, you know, Jean is the Phoenix and the Phoenix is Jean. And with this version of it, they are saying that, you know, she had always had it, like, mm. uh, because they explain it like, you know, it afflicts telepaths. It has through all throughout time and they have it. They like show this like ancient Egyptian writing. It shows like this fire within this young girl mm. and um, how it's always it. It's at it's present at birth within a telepath and it just grows in power until it's taken over and they become dark Phoenix and they like burn the world or something. And um, I don't know. I personally like the cosmic version of it where it's, it's like Jean has to sacrifice herself to absorb this power. And that's how she kind of ascends to become the Phoenix. But I get them trying to do something different, you know, how many it's times has the Phoenix saga been done? Yeah. And it shouldn't have made those choices. Was this the episode that Vertigo showed up in? Or was that the next one? That was... I think that was this episode when they were fighting. Because that was wild to me. Um, that hair? Why that were they all the girls' hair off? I don't understand. <laughs> and my thing is, why do they give every... Everybody with short hair has the same haircut. That Ice short, Man, spiky Rachel cut. Future... I, uh, Lorna. <laughs> they, all got, they all got the same cut. It was really bad. The short hair on the show was like, Because it was like, you already had it. wasn't always that. like that. What happened? <laughs> no, I get it. Yeah, I did not gel with that vertical design at all. I did not like that. I like physically recoiled from my TV when she popped up on the screen. I was like, it's too close. I can't deal with that. Um, 
but yeah, yeah, I didn't I didn't enjoy that. I do again, I still like when we kind of like were flashback and forth to the future. I thought that was cute. Um when Wolverine showed up with his X23s, that was a camp. That was really cool. Um again, it, it felt like I don't remember what the whole landscape for this show was back then if they were getting canceled or something they felt like they had to wrap everything up but it felt like they were bringing it full circle with a wolverine is at the end of this with xavier and kind of bringing him back around i will say also i didn't really like too many of the transitions between the various storylines and like how kind of you know we were hitting three different points we had the magneto stuff with genosha we have the future stuff and then we have the scott emma jean stuff and the way we were like flipping back and forth sometimes, it always didn't like gel. It was kind of like we could have did that transition a little bit smoother or something like that. But the future stuff was especially great. And speaking of the master mode in the future, I looking at it now appreciate that she had a female voice. It gives me more of a vibe. And I thought that was a nice touch. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't even think about that, bringing it all back to Krakoa. That's kind of cool. Um, I will bring it on up to the next episode, the final one. Um, after we had learned all about the Phoenix and we see in the future, um, Professor X and X-Men have free Wolverine and he comes back and joined their Badger Fight Master Mold. In the next one, um, the Sentinels had attacked Genosha in the previous one. In this episode, Magneto had used those Sentinels to take them to uh, New York to attack them back and retaliate. Um, Scarlet Witch had, you know, Set her frustrations with that. She was getting my nerves. I thought it was interesting <laughs> when uh, Quicksilver shows up on Genosha and um, he's like running around and he's like, "Oh, why not I gotta talk to you?" And she like takes his power from him. I was like, "Look mm. at her practicing already." So, um, <laughs> what Wanda was first of all, even before I get to Wanda, the entire kind of characterization plot point of Magneto convincing or like tricking the world to have Kelly use Sentinels to come destroy Genosha and he just kind of stands there and watches it happen, I thought it was like horrible. I was like, I That's don't know wild. who this man is and I don't know why they would do something like that. I just thought that was like really out of character, even for any type of adaptation. I can understand you could do with like a lot of Magneto's uh, being extreme, but that was just like, I don't think he would do that. Um, right. Then with him and Wanda, you got her on the side talking about how bad it is, but she's not doing anything to help anybody. She's also just standing there watching the island get destroyed by the Sentinels. And people were, like, dying. That's one thing I will say about these last few episodes. They were making it very clear that there is collateral damage and these people are dying. And so Truly. it was kind of just, like, a really wild thing to see. But then when we get back to him with the Sentinels and now they're attacking humans, again, more people are dying. And then we just go to Jean and the cuckoos in these robes trying to take the phoenix out of there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because the inner circle is now trying to take the phoenix out of her. They've been uh, kind of successful. Well, Emma said that she can't take the um, psychic barriers down in Jean's mind that protects the phoenix um, mm -hmm. because Professor Xavier put them up and she's not as powerful mm -hmm. as him. So she's like, Jean has to be the one to take them down on her own. They kind of tricked Jean into doing it. And the cuckoos ended up taking the Phoenix Force and uh, getting their own like Dark Phoenix costumes. And the five of them end up like wreaking havoc on all of, I think they're still in New York. And Emma is like, no, this isn't how everything was supposed to go. Jean wakes up, <laughs> slams her up against a wall. and was no. like, 
no girl, I've had enough of you talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Scott's like, you know, we got to get up out of here. Emma's like, please let me out. Like, I just want to help you guys. Well, she's want to help you, Scott, which is wild yeah. to me again. Like, he only want to be with Gene. He's <laughs> like, literally with his girl. And you just <laughs> begging. It's kind of sad. Um, and they go out. They try to fight this Phoenix Force. Uh, Magneto, I guess, like, sees it. And I think they fought. They, they got rid of all the Sentinels. He sees it and freaks out and is like, just send me back to Genosha. <laughs> like, it's over. Um, I did find it interesting, though. I like that he was aware of the Phoenix Force. Like, you know, him seeing it, he's like, oh, I know what this is. And he's like, you know, we everything is lost. I like that he's knowledgeable about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, then the Phoenix Force ends up getting taken and released from the cuckoos. And Emma ends up taking it in. Then we flash forward into, like, the Genosha stuff. And Master Mold um, arrives, starts to attack the X-Men. It's a bunch of them out there. There's too many. And um, who shows up and saves the day? (laughs) My girl. (laughs) She did have a nice fireball. But she came in. She cleared it. She took took everybody out. But that short haircut came back. And I was like, yeah, I can't. I can't take it too yeah. seriously. She had her helmet on. She had the helmet on. <laughs> <so it was> <laughs> <fine>. <laughs> she kept the helmet on. Um, and she did like really cool like electromagnetic blasts and stuff that I thought was really cool. Um, but back in the past, Magneto goes back on Genosha and um he is like no longer welcome there because Wanda like told everybody she's Taking authority now of Genosha and uh, sides. I thought that was so funny. Because <laughs> she cares about events. I know. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. I'm not going to lie to you. I was like, oh, what? I was like, you know, honestly, it was cute for Wanda and it was different for her. Yeah. So I was like, they, they gave her Lorna storyline. I mean, Lorna went with her. And it was, I thought it was funny, like when Lorna was walking away, Magneto was like, Lorna, you too. And it's like, sir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, she's always been on your side, but like, come on. <laughs> what you just did. Pietro's still right behind them. So. Yeah, he's not going to go too far from Magneto. He always going to want his daddy's approval. Um, again, I did like seeing the House of M in this, especially them all together. I think this was the best showcasing for that. Um, and then back on in the present time, Emma ends up absorbing the Phoenix Force. She's like, and explode. To the atmosphere and then she explodes. I thought but then that her was last words like Scott, like forgive me. It was sad. It While was he sad. was holding on to, to Gene. <laughs> but you know, the most interesting thing to me about this episode was the end. When we like get back and Wolverine is talking to everybody, he's like, "Let's go see the professor." The professor's like, "Oh, you all saved the day. You did great." my X-Men. And here we see all these characters who we ain't never seen before. Storm was there. When was the last time we talked about Storm in one of these episodes? Storm spoke a total of like five times throughout this entire series. This cartoon... And that might be generous. Even in the X-Men's final stand, the X-Men were not together. No. And I just thought that was crazy. This cartoon was No, they weren't. (laughs) No, it was, it was something. I thought that a lot of the choices overall weren't 
interesting because they were different at least you know like they were trying something different they of course would tap into the 90s nostalgia whenever they could with just bringing certain characters around keeping rogue in that costume um but they did try to like change some like some designs of characters which i wasn't really that interested in um <laughs> and they also changed <laughs> storylines to kind of I don't know, not only update some of them, but just fit their own story. Just be kind of as original as they could, um, which I can always commend whenever you're adapting something. You don't always have to follow directly what it was in the comic. You can kind of shift things around. Now, to shift things around so that, like, Emma could look great, I don't know about all of that, but I would have preferred something that made the X-Men look great. If It should have been Wolverine and the X-Men. It should have just been the X-Men, but, you know. It should have been something else other than what it was. That's all I'll say. Yeah, it was It was a series. Out of five, what would you rate that? Like the entire series altogether? The entire series. I can give it a two. Damn. One point. I was okay. I gave it a 2.5. That's nice of you. I liked when Lorna used her powers. I'm a <laughs> and Hellion using his powers is cool. I like to I pretend think, that's Shiva. I think the second half of the series. No, I'm not even going to say that. Mm. The future episodes are mostly the best. The best ones. Pick Whenever those out. we were in the future with Xavier and Bishop. It was good. And I even think some of the, like, honestly, when the teams were together and fighting together, I thought it was great. Like, because even a yes. few episodes ago when they were showing the past and they had the O5 working together, I thought that was great. stuff. I think when we saw the X-Men being X-Men, it was a great cartoon. Or it had potential to be a great cartoon. Um, other than that, I don't think I'll ever watch this again. I think that really shows us what we can get if we do get a great, like, X-Men cartoon that is... More about the X Men. Kind of, I think it's kind of like what people always say. They just want to see their faves. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. All right. The uh, other episode we watched this week was uh, Justice League Unlimited, number episode one. And um, this episode was called Initiation. Now, we're watching Justice League Unlimited next because HBO Max is taking that off of their service for some reason. So we were like, let's just watch it now while we can. Um, so we just watched this first episode, and then next week we'll watch the next three episodes. Um, but this one was initiation. We open with um, the Justice League is kind of expanding, and um, Green Arrow is, you know, doing his thing and wherever he's from. And I think it's Central City, Coast City, Coast City, I think. Coast City. Um, and Green Lantern. Keep talking. I'm about to look it up. Green Lantern shows up and saves the day easily because he's got powers so um they ended up beaming him up into the new justice league headquarters and superman gives his speech to everyone about how you know we can no longer just be solo heroes doing whatever we want out there we have to have be more coordinated martian manhunt is going to be running like the administration of where everyone's going to be going when and where um you know and we'll be working together as a team um, I will say that I really like that idea for the for a superhero team, for it to be very like a rotating 
kind of roster where we're more than seven members. There's like, I don't know, a hundred of us, but some, some missions cause for five member squads. Some missions only cause for one person. Um, I think that I prefer that when it comes to like superhero, like based teams. Um, what do you think? Well, um, before I say that it is Green Arrow lives in Star City. Coast City is Star where City. Hal Jordan is from, your other fave. Right. As That's far why I know as that. the team. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Um, I thought because it, it was destroyed, actually. <laughs> as far as your other question, um, I think it depends on the type of team. I think things like the Justice League, uh, yes, I think that should be a big network because of like what their mandate is and how they operate. That should be like all the heroes. You should have kind of your person who says like, okay, you guys go here, you guys go there. I think when you have a heroes for hire, it works for them. I think even some of the younger heroes, like a champions, I remember when Zelda was writing the book, he tried to expand the team and make it a whole bunch of them. I thought that was cool. But I do personally prefer a smaller team. So like, I don't need it all the time. Like for me, a perfect cream member is like six people, maybe seven. Well, yeah, I agree. I like a six member team. Um, six to eight is great. Um, and I think that, like, I think that, like, you could still do that, but with like a big roster, like, you know. Just pick six six members, and they're that's what the mission is for. Like they got to do whatever, yeah, and it can last for however long. I just want like those six people, and they're the only members on the team. And building and like bonding and like creating your energy and things like that. I think just for like specific teams, though. Again, if you're going to do a Justice League, yeah, give me a bunch of different six random teams. I think about um. During the early 2000s, when there was that Justice League of America run, and McDuffie came off for a couple of issues, and the team was Green Lantern, Dr. Light, Vixen, Firestorm, and Zatanna. I like that was a team right there for me. And we only saw them for a couple of issues. And then the next, oh, Red Tornado came to help them too, which was really cool. Um, but then, you know, for the next team, it was like Hawkman and Blue Beetle and whoever, you know, just a bunch of different people. I think things like that, yeah, it's cool, it's working. That's the Justice League, that's what they're there for. But if I'm getting, like, something else, just give me my six. So you don't think, like, the Avengers or the X-Men could do this? The Avengers could do it as well. However, I would see the way I look at it for the Avengers, it's like the Avengers has all the people. But, like, the secret Avengers, they have six. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because they're not doing the same thing. Can anybody so? But anybody can't be on the Secret Avengers. It's just those six. Like we I, can't have six. We can't have Secret Avengers missions where we're just filling that roster up with six people who we need to go do a Secret Avengers mission. We only have a Secret Avengers team, which is just those six people. Correct. Because I think when you get again, it depends on what your mission statement is. Though, because when you start to get into what some of these teams do and what creative teams will have them be about, everybody's not going to do that. So you can't really just have like it an open thing where you can just grab anybody. Think of like an uncanny X Force kill squad. Yes, you got a couple. You got about ten to fifteen X Men who will surely kill. However, you can't always guarantee those same ten to fifteen people to have the same discernment, the same you know uh, secrecy or what it. 
what does Charles Xavier look for? People who are only going to listen to him. If you're not listening to him, you're not in his inner circle. Yeah, you can go be on any other team you want, but when it comes to this specifically, it's just going to be these five people who I know. Hmm. Interesting. You guys have to let us know what you prefer, a rotating roster or a specific team. I know eventually we kind of run into something you talk about in this series, because I think um, Miss Huntress gets an attitude at some point, and they got to check her. <laughs> so yeah. um, if, if, I, if I recall... <laughs> Um, but anyway, on this mission, after they get done explaining that, Green Arrow is like, I don't want to be in the Justice League. Like, you guys always forget about the little guy, and I help the little guy, like, drop me off at home. They said, fine. But there was this uh, nuclear, like, monster attacking, I think they were in Korea, Eastern Asia. Um, and uh, Martian Manhunter is like, all right, Green Lantern, take Captain Atom and Supergirl with you. And you can drop Green Arrow off like after the mission. Cool. They go over there, do some really cool stuff with their powers. They ended up kind of first not being accepted by the Eastern Asian army that was there. Um, but they, of course, being superheroes, were like, we're gonna we're here to help. They help a lot of the people fight this uh, monster. Green Arrow like kind of saves the day with this arrow trick thing, which I thought was kind of cool. Um Captain Adam tries to absorb a bunch of the radiation from the monster. It's too much. He like explodes. I think his suit got like scratched um, because he is like living energy and only lives in a containment suit. I feel um, like this cartoon was also like one of the first times I really saw Captain Adam. I feel like he had been around in things I had read or like I had heard about him before, but I didn't know too much about him. And I feel like this was one of the first times I actually was like, oh, he kind of looks cool. Yeah, so me too. To I think he's got a really cool. Y'all know how I like. He's got my power that I really like. Um, but I think he's like, I think he's like very, very military based. I don't know about that. I don't know if I like him as a character. I think I just like his powers. You like the movie. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> okay, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but I think he's like, I think he might be nasty. Um, <laughs> I know the one who uh, it was his sidekick on the Titans is Bombshell. Oh, yeah, crazy. I liked her. I liked her. There you go. She was cool. Was she nasty? She was a traitor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Static ended up joining that team later. Yeah, so did Lorena Marquez, Aqua Girl. They was beefing, actually, because Bombshell had to come back and join the team. What happened to beefs on teams? I don't know, child. I don't know. We saw a lot of them on this episode because Captain Adam and Supergirl were not Mm -hmm. getting along that well. Um, Green Arrow, I think, at the beginning, it was like, Captain Adam, are you living energy? And he's like, yes, I'm energy living in the suit. And he was like, I think you're like what I used to march against back in college. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that, that was really funny. Um, later on, after the mission, Green Arrow uh, says again, he's not joining the team, like, take me home. But then he sees Black Canary. He's like, hmm, maybe I got a little time. You know, that's classic. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed this episode. Green Green Lantern was fantastic in it. Um, you know, unfortunately, he is bald in this, which makes him look a lot older <laughs> because oh, of course they don't, they don't know how to draw black hair, so yeah, just make true. him bald. Um, which gives him this like older man kind of vibe. Um, he's not mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a lot younger than them. Um, but whatever, he looks great. He kicked he ass did. in it. 
It was yeah, good. That was great. I liked the episode. I think it was a fun star, and I think I like the concept of seeing more of the Justice League characters who they got a lot. It'll be fun to see them pop up. Yeah. Um, I think each episode too, they kind of carry over into each other, but like they're still kind of one shots. So um, we'll see more about this as we keep going. All right, but let's go ahead and take a break and then we'll come right back. Alright y'all, welcome back to the relaunch portion of the show And this week, as we finished up 2022 with a lot of our best comics We wanted to do a little bit of a shift and talk about some movies this year um, Some superhero movies But, you know, um, the distinguished competition that is DC to Marvel um, Didn't really have too many great <laughs> runnings last year or too many at all, to be honest. So I don't even um, need to call them like competition anymore. Damn. Let alone distinguish. Damn. It's just, it's just, it's not there. And at some point, you got it's. I don't know. Hopefully what are we banking on right now? Off Flash and Aquaman. Blue Beetle. Oh, that should be good. Hopefully but Aquaman, Aquaman comes out after Shazam. No, let me take that back. Sorry. Aquaman comes out after The Flash. Which and I think The Flash is supposed to be the... Yeah. The movie with that person. Who, the first movie they should have canceled. Yeah, it ain't distinguished and it ain't competition. We supposed to be hyped for Shazam too? Electric Boogaloo? No. <laughs> But anyway, I found this thread on Twitter that was a um, like a Marvel award thread, and it was going through all of 2022, uh, discussing the best 2022 MCU moments, movies, actors, and everything like that. So I wanted to go through this with you, and we can pick our picks, and you guys that um, listening can tell us what you guys would have picked. Um, so hopefully we aren't too controversial with who we end up picking here. But let's get started. So Okay, I'm excited. Okay, up first is Best 2022 MCU Movie. And the nominees are Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Thor Love and Thunder, and Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Oh, Black Panther. Black Panther for sure. Yeah, that was... Uh, yeah. I just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do, don't think we need to say too much there. Um, all right, up next is best 20, um, 2022 MCU show or TV special. The nominees are Ms. Marvel, Moon Knight, She-Hulk, Werewolf by Night, Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Oh, I think that's kind of unfair. I will... Of the list, I'm picking She-Hulk, but I think that's a little unfair to uh, Werewolf by Night and Guardians of the Galaxy, seeing that they were only special, so they were only one episode. But they were also an hour and a half long. Oh, I guess that's true. Well, I'm still going to give it to She-Hulk. Werewolf by Night is close, though. I really did like that. Okay. Um, I think this is a hard choice for me because I thought most of these were just okay. 
Well, Moon Knight was bad. Guardians was bad. Um, but I like Miss Marvel, She Hulk, and Werewolf by Night a lot. I yeah, think like I um, like those. Of those like this phase. See, no, I love She Hulk. No, I love Miss Marvel too. Like when her mom gave her her suit. Oh my god. Um, have we probably got to talk about this? Have you heard about the stuff with the dad on this show? No. The okay, so um, the dad from Ms. Marvel, um, is probably not gonna be returning for season two. He has some allegations against him for, um, like sexual harassment, um, <gasps> like pretty heavy allegations, and like there's text messages, and what? the, I guess like the girl who, who he was messaging even showed the wife. And she knew about it the whole time. And the girl's like 15 years old. It's, it's wild. Yeah. No. Uh, everyone out there, go ahead and, and do some research into that. But he probably is going to. Muniba might be oh. getting a divorce. <laughs> I don't think. Oh, uh, wow. That's crazy. That is. Damn. I don't know. Return. Damn. That just kind of like dropped the show, in my opinion. It's, that's. Oh, wow. Kind of sad. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, then I guess I'll give it to She-Hulk for sure. <laughs> Sorry to bring it down there, but I uh, want to let everybody know about that, too. I guess I would end up picking... I'd give it to She-Hulk. I love that Megan Thee Stallion cameo. That's my girl. <laughs> and um, it truly felt like a, a really good like She-Hulk TV series. Mm-hmm. Um, I love so, that. yeah, i give it to She-Hulk. Um, all right, best lead actor in a 2022 MCU movie. The nominees are Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange, Tana Cuerta as uh, Namor, Christian Bale as Gore, or Chris Hemsworth as Thor. Definitely not the last one. Um, Namor, he's taking. Yeah, it. I'm giving he's it taking. to Namor too. Yeah, he's definitely taking he, it. He ate that. Everything he did yeah. was good. He had, people, he had me furious in that theater. So he, he really True. did that. Yeah. Um, he gets my vote as well. All right. Best lead actress in a 2022 MCU movie. Elizabeth Olsen as the Scarlet Witch. Natalie Portman as the Mighty Thor. Jessa Thompson as Valkyrie. Or Letitia Wright as Shuri, the Black Panther. Ooh. I'm giving it to Shuri. Black Panther. I felt the okay. emotion. She did. I'm going to give it to Elizabeth Olsen. Mm, she was good. She, she was good. She was good. I got to give it to her. She did what she needed to do. Shout out to Wendy. She be working. <laughs> she carried that movie, so I got to give it to her. Um, all right. Best Supporting Actor in a 2022 MCU movie. And the nominees are Taika Waititi as Korg, Russell Crowe, as Zeus, Winston Duke as Mbaku, um, Benedict Wong as Wong, or uh, Shawadal uh, Ejiofor as Mordo. I'm going to give it to Wong. That's all the choices? Yes. Korg, Zeus, Mbaku, Wong, or Mordo. Oh, I'm... I'd give it to Mbaku. Okay. When I think of like, just like with the 
heartfelt performance and like putting that energy for. I don't know, Wakanda Forever was kind of good. <laughs> they might be doing a sweep <laughs> today. I'm not about to lie to you. <laughs> he was great. I'm gonna give it to Winston Duke. <laughs> yeah, he, he he did that. That was a great scene with him and Shuri. Like, damn, Tycho Waititi. Yeah, he's not getting it. Mordo, I barely remember. Wong has been like great comedic relief and support for a lot of titles, but that's really it for me. And who was last? Zeus? I don't even remember Zeus in that movie. I found his scene annoying because it lasted too long. Um, mm-hmm. So next up, we had Best Supporting Actress in a 2022 movie. And the nominees were Rachel McAdams as Christine Palmer, Lupita Nyong'o as Nakia, Angela Bassett as Queen Ramonda. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you pronounced her name. Uh, Chato Gomez, America Chavez. Uh, and Denai Guerra as a Koye. Now that's now that's a list right there. Um, you go first. Who you picking? Oh damn! Don't put me on the spot. I gotta give it to Angela. I'm sorry. Yeah, like she took it. The speech. When she just talked about, have I not given everything? Just in the whole. But Okoye was also really giving it, like, with the whole, you know, I'm heartbroken. And, mm, no, Angela's taking it. She she performed yeah. her ass off in that movie. She's, she did it. It's hers. Yeah. Okoye okay, was also great. When they talk about her ashy hair, I thought that was funny. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, of course, like you said, her when she was crying about, like, you know, I have been such a great general to my country. Yeah. Like that was very emotional. Yeah. I'm against Angela. Yeah, I was gonna say Angela's still taking it. Sorry. Yeah. Best ensemble cast. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Thor Love and Thunder, Ms. Marvel, She Hulk, or Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Ensemble cast? Mm-hmm. See, I kind of wish you wouldn't have just told me that about the dad from Miss Marvel because that was a really good ensemble cast too, but it, that, that really just ruins it for me. The dad kind of ruins it. But it's still with Colin Brown. T. I... <laughs> I was going to say I'm giving it to Wakanda forever. <laughs> you know. Sorry. So sorry. Okay, best new hero. Ironheart, Ms. Marvel, The Mighty Thor, Moon Knight, or She-Hulk? Oh, Ms. Marvel. Okay. She, she, I was not here for Kamala, excuse me. Um, And I know there's been a lot of controversy with the power switch and all of that stuff that's been going on with her, but that little girl, she sold me on that show. I've and seen people even power. recently asking for her to get those powers in the comics. The MCU. Yeah. I'm yeah, sorry, I'm, comics. I'm one of them. I advocate it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Give her. Um, she was a Ironheart was great. She made her impact, but I just think Kamala, she did it for me this year. Yeah. I'm gonna give it to my Chicago sister Ironheart. Mm-hmm. Got yeah. to. She she was fantastic. Okay, best villain. The Scarlet Witch, Gore, Namor, The Clandestines, or Arthur Harrow? Namor. 
only because I feel like his wins were greater losses for the protagonist. Mm. And that does make a great villain. That makes a fantastic villain. He killed Shuri Mama. That does. He did. He did. Mata, did she kill anybody important? I'm sure, I'm sure she killed a lot of people. I mean important. Oh. Um. No. No. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I'm giving it to Namor. I'm giving it to Namor. He deserves um, it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, best post credit scene. The Ooh. unexpected visitor, Clea, from Multiverse of Madness, Hercules' introduction, and Thor Love and Thunder. Um, Shuri meeting her nephew in Wakanda Forever, Ms. Marvel and Captain Marvel uh, swapping places, or Megan the Stallion dancing with She Hulk. Damn, there were some good post credit scenes, though. Say what you want about the phase, post credit scenes are hit. Um, I think of the. I'm sorry, I'm just gonna be like a true fanboy right now. I'm picking the clear one. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I think I think a lot of those were really, really good. But clear, like that was the one I'll never forget. Like, and everyone was telling me before the movie, they're like, "Oh, you're gonna love the post credit scene. You're gonna love the post credit scene." I was like, "I don't know what y'all talking about." Yeah, I was sitting in that movie with my jaw hit the floor. I was 2022 it. saw the activation of your Clea stand card. And we loved it. Yes. Um, I think I am going to go with... Mm. Ooh. Mm. Okay, honestly, I'm going to go with the Ms. Marvel and Captain Marvel swapping places. It was between that and Megan Thee Stallion. Megan, my girl. And I went up for them twerking. I love that moment. That Um, was a great moment. But the Ms. Marvel and Captain Marvel swapping places instantly makes me go to Apparition Galactic Storm, and that means we go in cosmic. I really hope we get this event in the the MCU, because... So I can shut up. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I stopped begging for it. (laughs) Okay, favorite cameo. Professor X. In Multiverse of Madness, Killmonger in Wakanda Forever, Captain Marvel in Ms. Marvel, or Megan Thee Stallion in She-Hulk. Oh, Megan Thee Stallion in She-Hulk. Yeah, Megan cleared. Though, um, shout out to my father, Xavier. He was up there as well. But it yeah, a time. I didn't really I to come back. I'm glad we did it so that we got it out of the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that people don't keep asking, but again, Megan, Megan cleared. Yeah. Um, okay, best fight. Okoye Versus the Telecons, Wakanda, I'm, I'm sorry, Wanda versus the Illuminati, mm-hmm. the Shadow Realm fight in Thor, Love and Thunder, Black Panther versus Namor, or Doctor Strange versus Sinister Strange. Oh, Okoye versus the Telecons, yeah. for sure. On that bridge, that's a warrior woman right there. What did Atuma say? Warrior? Like, what's up? They fall, yeah. they went down. Again, I still stand by the fact that they tried to like not give my sister her wins about all of a sudden having those pelicans regenerate and come back to life and we saw a bunch of them must die. But we know, had they not been playing, she cleared it. And she said it herself. She said, I struck them and killed them. Damn. So, regardless if they healed or not, she took them out. So, I'm definitely giving it to Okoye. Um, and honestly, there were some pretty solid, like, I guess fights this year within the uh, 
the MCU. It looks like a lot of them were in Doctor Strange <laughs> and <laughs> Wakanda Forever. <laughs> but oh, sorry, Thor. They were there. Okay, best costume: Scarlet Witch, Doctor Strange, Black Panther, Namor, or Ms. Marvel. Mm, I'm gonna give this one to Ms. Marvel too. I thought that was like a Same really good version of this too. Like the one she made, the one her mom gave, like everything. I thought it was dope. Really good stuff there. Yeah, I'm definitely giving it to Ms. Marvel. Her suit was pretty perfect. Um, I thought it was great for her. Um, okay, best score: um, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Thor, Love and Thunder, Ms. Marvel, Werewolf by Night, or Black Panther? Ooh, Werewolf by Night. And I say that I specifically... Say I think them too. I want to say that specifically because I remember after I watched Werewolf by Night, I immediately went to the Apple Music Store, like, downloaded the soundtrack so I could listen to this. I like to listen to musical scores in the gym sometimes, and I was like, oh, yeah, I want to give this a shot. I remember being really blown away by the music. Great stuff. Hands down. Yeah. Yeah, definitely picking Werewolf by Night there too as well. Um... Ooh, this next one. Ooh. <laughs> Best visual effects. Oh, please. <laughs> Strange <and> the most... <laughs> Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Thor, Love and Thunder, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, She-Hulk, or Ms. Marvel? Um... <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's like what? <laughs> um, <laughs> say, 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 say them, say them for me one more time, please. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Thor: Love and Thunder, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, She-Hulk, or Ms. Marvel. Marvel CGI is something different. Is not She-Hulk. I'm sorry. Okay, you, that was not necessary. <laughs> I'm sorry. It wasn't I bad, would, though. I would say of the... For me, honestly, it's down to <laughs> Multiverse of Madness or Wakanda Forever. And... I'm only leaning more towards Multiverse of Madness just because I'm thinking about the things that they did with their CGI in the movie. Um, like mm-hmm. Wanda, when she was fighting <laughs> all those little demon things. <laughs> did, you, did you ever see the the meme? It's like, it's showing that clip and it's saying this is Wanda defending a bunch of like random gays calling her mother. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen that meme and it killed me. Because <laughs> you can see it. Mother. <laughs> so I thought that was um good. And then like stuff of her where she was coming from the mirror dimension and coming out. Um strange, obviously, Sinister Strange fighting, the musical fight I thought was cool. But again, I think of Black Panther Ron Favre, the Pelicans looked great. Um I I think I'll I think I'll just go with Multiverse of Madness. I'll let them have their things. Magic. Yeah. That's what it needs to do. I'm going to give it there. The visuals for Magic are great, and that's also my pick. Um, while Wakanda Forever was great, a lot of their scenes were in the dark. So I, I want to give it to um, Doctor Strange since their CGI effects were like in the daytime, so you mm-hmm. can kind of really see these stuff. Yeah. So that probably takes a lot more like effort to do to make it look good. So 
I'm going to definitely give it to them. Okay. All right. Most anticipated movie of 2023. The Marvels, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And these are just Marvel movies, not MCU, because obviously Spider-Man. On that list, oh, Spider-Verse by far. 100%. Yeah, definitely Spider-Verse. Spider-Man 2099? Miguel? Black Jessica Drew? I'm there. I'm there for Miles. I honestly... Oh, yeah, him too. He's cool. (laughs) I I think I'm definitely going to give it to them. Yeah. Honestly, I'm also excited for Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, I'm excited to see Kang. I'm ex- I was gonna say I'm excited for Kang. I don't know if I'm necessarily excited for the entire movie though. I'm also excited for the Marvels. I'm excited to see Photon and Captain Marvel. I'm excited to see like what their beef was and learn more about that. Um, I'm excited to see if the rumors of Blue Marvel being in that movie are true. What are you going to do if he isn't? Will you be upset? Yes. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) That's fair. I've always wondered how they would introduce him, and I think he's in that, so we'll see. It's getting closer. It is, apparently. Now, most anticipated um, Marvel show in 2023. Loki Season 2, Secret Invasion, Agatha Coven of Chaos, Ironheart, or Echo? Yeah, that's so tough for me. It's it's a tough call between Secret Invasion and Echo. Um, I think both are going to deliver something really great. I don't know. I just feel it in my heart, and I think they're both going to give me like some cameos that I'm really excited for. I do truly think that Miss Daisy Johnson from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to show up in Secret Invasion, and I'm sure we'll probably get some Daredevil action in Echo at some point, and Maybe even like new versions of Typhoid Mary or something. I don't know. You know, she's dealing with Kingpin, so we might see some stuff there. But uh, one of those two. I don't know. It's kind. Of, it's, it's a tie. I'm sorry. I can't do it. It's definitely not Loki though. Hmm. I am going to give it to Secret Invasion. Um, I'm not really into like all the spy espionage stuff outside of them just being cool, you know. Um, but let me stop lying. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was just sitting here. I was like, okay. <laughs> That's a lot. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. I definitely do. Um, I think also Secret Invasion is the cool spy stuff mixed with cosmic aliens. So I'm interested mm-hmm. in that. Um, yes. And I'm interested to see kind of like how they play it into everything else that we've already seen in the Marvel Universe and like the MCU before. And are we going to, like, get some people coming back this way? Because we'll find out they've been replaced by scrolls beforehand. Um, is it going to fall kind of more in line with what the new Secret Invasion comic is doing? I think that lady is a scroll. Which one? Um, Sharon. Wait. Is her name Sharon? Carter? Yes. Blonde? Yes. Yes, Sharon. I was thinking. I was thinking that Peggy's name was Sharon, but no, I'm thinking of Sharon. <laughs> I think she's a scroll because she had a scroll. really and that's like, why she's a power broker now. From yeah, I could see that. Like that's where this weird shift comes from because she's somebody different. Mm-hmm. 
And it's powerful her like just doing more scroll stuff because scrolls are, you know. Do you think she'll kind of be the place of Spider Woman in the original Secret Invasion storyline then? Yes. Mm, I can see that. Um I like Sharon, but whatever. If she gotta go, she gotta go. So <laughs> sometimes it's people's time when it's time. Yeah. Um all right, y'all. So that is the end of that little fun section there. Let us know what you guys picked as far as these awards went and who your favorites were for as far as MCU goes in 2022 um, and what you are anticipating for 2023. Um, well, that brings us to the end of the show. Please make sure you rate and subscribe us wherever you get your podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Another Relaunch. You can, um, I'm going to be more active on the Instagram. I will. Um, that's another dead app. All the apps are dying. We got to come up with something new. Yeah. Um, until then, you can watch us on uh, <laughs> YouTube and Another Relaunch TV. You can email us whatever you guys want at um, anotherrelaunch at gmail.com. You can find me on most social media platforms at LZ. Keenan, where can they find you? You guys know you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Keenan Lance. As always, there's an underscore at the end. Everybody, you have a fantastic, safe, and happy new year. We shall see you in 2023. See you guys next year. Peace. Peace out.